Hello, greetings in Christ Jesus. This is Frances Harry, your host of Carmelite Conversations. I'm so glad to be here with you today to introduce you to Deacon Rusty Baldwin and his presentation on when God feels distant, he may be closer than you think. When have you felt like, you know, everything is going wrong or your prayer was really dry or you were really in a dark time or just everybody seems so distant and nothing seemed to be going right. Sometimes we have in our spiritual life, um, our own spiritual check engine light that goes off. Deacon Baldwin used that analogy in talking to us about when God feels distant, what that might be like, what situations that may occur, and more importantly, distinguishing between our feelings and our intellect and how to deal with these feelings or these episodes when we are going through these trying times. He gives us some great suggestions and I think it will be very helpful. I think this is a common experience and it's important for us to learn about this. So I present to you again, Deacon Rusty Baldwin, when God feels distant, he's closer than you think. It seems to be part of everyone's spiritual journey that God feels distant at times, sometimes very distant. This experience manifests itself in a variety of ways, feelings of emptiness, aridity, dryness, an inability to concentrate during prayer, and even a sense of abandonment. And quite naturally, these feelings make us yearn for a return to those times when we felt God's consoling presence. But while this yearning is indeed natural, the fact is, times of dryness, aridity, and the like are also a natural and even necessary part of our spiritual journey. Though they can be a sign that something is wrong, they can also be a sign that something is quite right, that our relationship with God is in fact maturing and deepening. And while this won't necessarily change this feeling, we should keep in mind that feelings, powerful and seemingly irresistible as they can be in the moment, are just that, feelings. And though feelings are part of who we are, though they were given to us by God and help guide and inform our intuition and motivate us to action, they're also somewhat akin to a check engine light on our car. The check engine light tells us that we need to pay attention to something, but even when the light is correct, it's not very specific and quite often lights up when nothing is in fact wrong. It simply needs to be reset. Feelings too can be like this. Keeping this in mind may be some consolation for us, no pun intended. 
But before moving on to instances where the check engine light comes on when nothing in fact is wrong, let's treat the case where we should not ignore it. Namely, when our conscience trips the light, if you will, due to sin. Now, it would be going too far afield to address here, but conscience is not a feeling, but rather part of our intellect. And so, properly formed is much more reliable than our feelings. In any case, when we sin, we can, like Adam and Eve, actually want God to be far away, to not notice us, if you will. And when we sin mortally, God forbid, we have, in fact, deliberately severed our relationship with him. But even then, he stands at the door and knocks that we might accept the grace of forgiveness and restore that relationship. So with this as an introduction on what other occasions might we feel God is distant? The first occasion might surprise you, though I would assert that it's probably a fairly common occurrence. It's when things in our estimation are going well. Now, to be fair, it's not so much that God feels distant in this circumstance as it is that we don't notice him being distracted by, in this case, good circumstances, which, by the way, are his gift to us. This can also happen when we get lost in the busyness of ordinary life. Again, God is not distant per se. We just don't notice his presence. For many, it is the face of tragedy or some other trauma in which God can seem distant. And in the shock of the immediate circumstances, this is quite natural as well. Why and where is God in all this are questions we rightly ask in this situation. But the testimony of Job from the Old Testament reminds us that Though God felt distant to Job in all that befell him, though Job did not understand all that was happening, and though ultimately he did not receive any answers from God as to why, Job nevertheless, despite the emotions welling up within him, remained faithful and never doubted God's love for him. Some, in the face of tragedy, have a completely different reaction. I've spoken to many over the years who, when they were first diagnosed with a serious illness or cancer, experienced a peace and presence of God like they never had before. They had been wounded by God, if you will, but experienced peace nonetheless. More on that later. For those of us in Carmel and others actively seeking a deeper relationship with God, this distant feeling can be a sign of progress and evidence of a maturing spirituality as God weans us from loving consolation, if you will, to loving him. He wants to wean us from the milk of consolation so that we can mature on the meat of doing his will. Jesus said, I have food you do not know about, doing the will of my Father. 
And this determination to do the Father's will is what brings us through St. John of the Cross's dark night of the senses and spirit, where not only does God feel distant, but it even seems that he has abandoned us. Given we are called to embrace the cross as our Lord himself did, we should not be surprised that this most difficult of trials can be part of our spiritual journey. St. Therese of Lisieux in her autobiography wrote, Do not think that I am overwhelmed with consolations. Far from it. My joy consists in being deprived of all joy here on earth. Jesus does not guide me openly. I neither see nor hear him. Our Holy Mother, St. Teresa of Avila, experienced 18 years of aridity. And in her book, The Interior Castle wrote, I will only warn you that when you learn or hear that God is granting souls graces like visions and so on, you must never beseech or desire him to lead you along this road. It shows a lack of humility, and it is presumption to want to choose one's own path. There are many saintly people who have never known what it is to receive a favor of this kind, and there are others who receive such favors although they are not saintly. Ralph Martin, a well-known Catholic writer and theologian, relates for how nearly 50 years Mother Teresa of Calcutta was left almost totally bereft of consolation. She carried out her mission with virtually no sensible experience of God's love and presence. She could see that the fruit her work was producing was astounding. She could see that when she spoke to her sisters and others that they came alive and grew in the experience of God's love. But she herself, for the most part, felt only emptiness. During the first 11 years of this darkness, Mother Teresa was deeply troubled by it. It wasn't until she met Father Joseph Nooner, a Jesuit working in India, that she came to grasp some of the special meaning of her suffering. Father Nooner explained to her that this was a special gift from God that he was giving to her to participate in the sufferings of Christ, particularly Jesus' own sense of abandonment during his agony in the Garden of Gethsemane before his crucifixion. Later, Mother Teresa wrote to Father Nooner, I can't express in words, she wrote, the gratitude I owe you for your kindness to me. For the first time in these 11 years, I have come to love the darkness. For I believe now that it is a part, a very, very small part of Jesus' darkness and pain on earth. You have taught me to accept it, as a spiritual side of your work, as you wrote. Today I feel, I felt rather, a deep joy that Jesus cannot go anymore through agony, but that he wants me to go through it, or rather, but that he wants to go through it in me, Mother Teresa wrote. More than ever, I surrender myself to him. Yes, 
more than ever, I will be at his disposal. Not that the aridity didn't continue to torment her. She described her soul as an ice block. Yet she recognized Nooner's key distinction, writing, I accept not in my feelings, but with my will, the will of God. I accept his will. And that is the main point for us in our spiritual journey. Our feelings and emotions, both good and bad, can be strong, but they are nevertheless subjective. They, like a check engine light, can alert us to something important, but so often they're unreliable and simply need to be reset. As St. John of the Cross said in his many poems, in so many different images and ways, we have been wounded by God's love and we will not be satisfied until we are in the arms of our lover. This is true even for God. Our love for him inflames his desire to draw us near to him. In the spiritual canticle, using the imagery of two turtle doves who will not rest until they are united with their mate, St. John of the Cross tells us that it is God who is guiding our journey to him and that he too, that is God, bears the wounds of love. In our spiritual journey, our Lord is guiding us on the path that will most swiftly bring us to him. When that path includes times when God feels distant, let us bravely bear this, our wounds of love, knowing that he too bears wounds of love for us. In the Anima Christi prayer, we find the following words. Within your wounds, conceal me. Permit me not to be parted from you. When we hide ourselves in the wounds of Christ, are we not as close to him as we can possibly be?